Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. A passage of scripture from Genesis 37.5 and it says this, Joseph had a dream. Joseph had a dream. He has this dream that God gives to him and he sees it as a particular way, right? The, 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 the wheat bowing down to him and it's a picture of his family bowing down to him and he tells his family, maybe for a bit of maturity and a bit of wisdom, he wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have told that story to his family. But he has a picture of what that dream is going to be, but he doesn't realize that God has a different vision of what that dream is fully and really going to mean for his life. And the, the series has been about, hey, do you have a dream? And not just your own dream, as Joseph took it, but a God dream. Is there a God dream that God has for your life? And have you, are you still living in that? Are you still believing in it? Or have you, because of circumstances of life, because of situations, and Joseph, he faced some real situations in his life, right? He faced some, some things that happened to him, being sold into slavery, accused of things, being thrown into prison. He went through some situations where it might have been easy to let go of the God dream. And I wonder... If some of us in this room have let go of a God dream that God has for us. And this series is about drawing out again, calling out from you to turn back and look to God and say, God, I believe the dream you had for my life. I believe it can still happen. I believe you have called me towards it and that I can walk where you want me to go. Uh, The great thing is that Joseph allowed God to guide him and we need to allow God to guide us too. Through our life, as we walk through it, we need to allow God to, uh, to, to, to uh, uh, draw us and to lead us where He wants us to go. And there's been some great messages during this series. And as I said earlier, Gab preached last week. And three of her points were last week where there are opportunities in delay. Keep your words God-focused. And man may forget us, but God does not. Those are some great principles to live our life on. Come on. Those are some great things for us to grab a hold of. And if you missed that message, you can get onto our YouTube channel and watch it there uh, in Technicolor. We don't, it's not a Technicolor coat, but it's in Technicolor. Uh, if, you're, if you're a little bit older, you'll remember it. You, you know, the movies used to talk about in Technicolor color, I guess. I don't know, but um, and, and boy, you can listen to it on, on your podcast as, as you're going to work in the car or maybe on the train or something like that. Uh, we're going to finish our series today. My message is titled... God's timing. And here's what I want to say this morning. I'm, I'm preaching here this morning, and, and, and this can be interactive. You know, if there's something that you agree with that speaks to your spirit, you can say amen. You can say praise God. If there's something you don't like, well, you can just send me an email tomorrow. Like, we, we won't worry about it today, okay? So let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, we, we just thank you this morning. We've come to encounter you and to seek your presence, Holy Spirit. That, that's why we're here. And so, God, I thank you that we've had that opportunity already in praise and worship. I pray now as we open the scriptures that Holy Spirit, you speak to us. As Zoe said, these are not just words written by men. They're words inspired by the very Spirit of God. And so I thank you as we read these words. We're inspired to live a life for you, Jesus, to reach the world around us, to tell them about your gospel story. We thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, in 43 days, uh, my wife, Gabby, and I, and our three children, Joel, Ethan, and Roman, we head off on an adventure uh, overseas, going to a place called Italy. And we're really excited about that. And uh, Gab's Italian. And uh, I'm actually, you might not know this, but I'm actually 164th Italian. 
I've got a great great grandfather who's Italian, so I'm I'm trying to you know, Sicilian actually. I'm 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 a little bit Italian, you know. So, uh, and so it's a trip that we've been planning for quite a while. We planned it in 2020, and uh, you know, big things happened in 2020, right? So, uh, our plans fell, fell through, and then last year, at the uh, in the middle of the year, and the end of the year. Friends were going overseas and they're, they're living the Instagram life and snapping it on, on Instagram and then family as well. And we're like, nah, this is it. Next year, Gabby, we're going to Italy. And so the countdown has been on. On my phone, I've had a countdown from 120 days and it's now down to 43 days and it, it's coming close. And so uh, we're going, we're starting in Milan, we're going across to Como. Venice, and you're like, I came this morning to hear about the Bible, not about your travels. We're going to get there, okay? Venice, down to Florence, Rome, Sorrento, Naples, then we're going to Palermo, uh, Sheffalu, and a place called Catania as well. And we're doing things such as, like, I'm spending so much money on this trip, I've got to make you guys feel like, oh, I wish I was living his life. Um, we're going to visit churches, we're going to see the statue of David, we're going to a 16th century villa. And I'm going to learn to cook. Gabby doesn't need, she already knows how to cook amazing, but we're going to learn how to cook. We're going to the uh, catacombs in Rome. The kids wanted to go to the catacombs, so we're going there. Swimming at the Isle of Capri, going to see the Amalfi Coast, walk up Mount Etna and all these other things. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Gab's been working two or three jobs to pay for it. She's just such an amazing wife and... It's a trip that we've wanted to, to do for a long time since we got married, actually. We, we got married at the age of 21, 20 years, so it's been 25 years, a quarter of a century that we've been looking forward to this trip. But, you know, it's just seemed that the timing has never been right. Things just haven't fallen into place for whatever reason. It hasn't happened until now. And I wonder in your own life, is there things that you've been planning or looking forward to or had a vision for the future and just for whatever reason... The timing just hasn't seemed right. It just hasn't occurred yet. You know, maybe you wanted to start a business for, for whatever reason. It hasn't happened yet. The timing hasn't been right. Maybe you thought that at the age that you are now, you might be married already and that hasn't happened. Perhaps you had a dream, uh, 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 like a, a successful career or you wanted to do worldwide travel or, or, or to own a house or maybe you saw yourself in ministry for God and, and, or to have kids or whatever it is. It hasn't happened yet. And it seems the timing has never been right. Is anyone like that this morning? Anyone? I think there's a few of us who are like that, right? Have had that happen in our life. And it can feel like time is passing us by. It can feel like life is going on for everyone else, but we feel like we're kind of like right where we are. And our dream is left unfulfilled, unaccomplished, uh, uh, um, like it hasn't done yet. Well, today I want to speak some faith into people's lives. Today, I want to encourage some people in this place. Today, I want to, I want to stir our faith inside us to believe again for the dream that God has for us, to, to, to put some dream back into people's marriages, into their health and career and families and their walk with God and let you know you're not done yet. Come on, someone needs to hear that this morning. You're not done yet. See, no matter how young or old you are, you're not done yet. And I was at a conference last week, and I shared this earlier, but I was at a conference last week for our denomination in a town called Nowra in New South Wales. And uh, get this, I, I hired a car. And when I went to, the, went to the car place to pick up my car, they gave me a big truck, like a four-wheel drive ute truck. And so I was like, here's Pastor Brojo. Like, then, the, then a couple of days later, I go to Tamworth. The farm dream is still alive, church, okay? 
The farm dream's still alive. God was confirming it. The truck, Tamworth, it's all a part of God's plan. We're at our church denomination, and, and, and we're called an international network of church. We used to be called Christian Outreach Center. And in 1974, our denomination was founded, and, and the catch cry of our, of our denomination was, Australia for Christ. Australia for Christ. And at that conference, we were going back to some of our roots, some of our heritage, and we were talking about Australia for Christ. And Pastor Ross Abraham, our, our chairman, and used to be the senior pastor of our church before transitioning, he was saying to our church, our pastors, our leaders, God's not done yet. God's not done yet with the vision for our movement. And there's many other great denominations and churches too, but Australia for Christ. And I want to, I want to encourage us today, as I look around in society, compared to the 70s and the, eight, and the 80s, 90s, and, and whatever, as I look around, I, I feel like maybe society is moving more and more away from God, but can I encourage you, God's not done yet. God's not done yet. If there is ever a cry, Australia for Christ... That's a cry for today. And the thing that excites me about Australia for Christ is that today in 2023, there are so many different cultures and nationalities and, and, and races that when we say Australia for Christ, we're really saying, man, the world for Christ. Because the world, all of the nations of the world now live in this city, uh, in, this, in this nation of Australia, but we're not done yet. See, God's not done with the church yet. I mean, how many times have we heard that, you know, there's less and less people coming to church. We hear, we hear the things where people are turning away from, from the church. But can I tell you something? God's not done with the church yet. It's His number one plan to reach the world. There are souls to save, lives to be transformed, churches to start, people to send out into ministry, cities to impact. God's not done yet. And I want to echo the same for your life. God's not done with you yet. God's not done. He's got a purpose and plan for your life. There's a God dream that He's given you. He's not done with you yet. You may not have seen the dream yet come to pass, but can I say you're not done? The hero of our future series, Joseph, he hasn't seen his dream come to pass yet either. And Check this out in Genesis 41 verse 1. It says, when two full years had passed, when two full years had passed, between Genesis 40, where Joseph helps uh, the cupbearer uh, um, and, and the baker, and he gives a, a prophecy of what their dream is that they've had. And, and Pastor Gabby shared that last week. Between that period of time where he helps the cupbearer and, 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 and Genesis 41, there's two full years that have passed. Sometimes we read Scripture and we go from one verse to the next and we don't understand that there's a lot of waiting time there that Joseph has experienced. And he... he he knows, or he knows a thing or two about a dream not coming to pass yet. See, when he was young, he had a dream. People are going to be bowing down to me. Here he is still in the prison. And so today, if you're in a place where you feel like maybe you're, you're in this place where your dream hasn't come to pass, you're in good company with a man called Joseph who hasn't seen his dream come to pass either. It feels like he's in a place of waiting. It feels like he's in a time, in a place of timing. And so the biblical concept of time can be understood by looking at two Greek words. And look, I'm, I'm no Greek scholar today, so I'm going to do my best. But there's two Greek words that are used in the New Testament that talk about timing. And the first word is chronos. And it talks about the measure of quantitative time or exact time. And this is the word that was used when it says two full years have passed. It's the measure of time. It's, it's the word that we use when we talk about, hey, what time is church on a Sunday morning? We say it's 10 a.m. 
But some of us think it's quarter past 10 or 20 past 10. It's 10 a.m. That's, that's chronos time. That's what we're talking about there. <laughs> when full two years have passed. The second word for time in the New Testament, the Greek word, is kairos. And it means this, the right critical or opportune moment. Kairos, kairos. And this word carries a more spiritual, theological weight to it. And we see this is the word that's used in Galatians 4.4. It says, when the right time came, when the Kairos time came, it wasn't, it wasn't God said, oh yes, at this particular, particular Kronos date and chronological time. No, no. When the opportune moment, the Kairos time came, God sent his son. That's the word that, that gets used. This The NIV study Bible says this about Kairos. It says, not simply chronological time, but the decisive time for God's action. The decisive time for God's action. See, we live our lives by Kronos time, but our lives are lived for Kairos time. Did, did you get a hold of that? Like we live our lives nine to five, Monday to Tuesday, but really our lives are lived for that moment where God would come into our lives in a moment and change anything. Can I say one moment with God can change your life forever, for an eternity? The opportune moment, the decisive moment, the right time when God takes action in our lives. He steps into our world and He makes the plans and the destinies that He had for our life come to pass and come into action. I wonder if there's anyone here that wants some of God's Kairos time in their lives, His defining moment. Today I'm going to speak a little bit on God's time. I've got two thoughts. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. Number one. God's timing may not be about you. Turn to the person next to, next to you and say, hey, it's not all about you. <laughs> God's timing may not be about you. Genesis 40, 14, 23. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. This is Joseph talking to the cupbearer. The cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him when two full years had passed. See, the author of these passages is making sure that we're fully aware of this. Joseph's been forgotten. He's been forgotten. He asked the cupbearer, hey, I've done something for you. Can you do something for me? Tell Pharaoh about me so I can get out of this place. But he's forgotten. And two years, that's a long time to be stuck in prison, forgotten about. Uh, forgotten about. And maybe that's your story. Maybe it's been three months, or 12 months, or two years like Joseph. Maybe your story is five years where you feel like you're in this place where you might be. Maybe it's been 10 years. Maybe it's been 20 years. I don't know. But you feel like you're in this place where it seems like you're forgotten. And it seems like your dream is so far away. You're stuck somewhere far from your dream. And the question is why? Like I think the natural question we ask is, God, why am I here where I am? And it's a question that I've asked many times in my life where I felt like I've been in a season where I'm waiting or I've been in a season of trial and suffering. It's like the question is, God, why? Why am I here? And maybe it's a question that, that Joseph asked. Like, why did he have to wait two years in prison? Why couldn't God have just, why didn't God just give Pharaoh a dream of Joseph in the prison? Why, why did Joseph have to wait that, that amount of time? Why have you had to wait the two years or the five years or, young or longer than, than you've had to wait? And I could, I could answer, if you came to me, I could answer those questions, that question that you might have. I, have. I could put on my pastor's cap 
And I could, say, I could say things like, maybe God is trying to teach you something in this moment. And that could be true. Sometimes in the waiting, God is trying to teach us something in that moment that we find ourselves in. I could say something like, hey, maybe God is trying to grow character in your life. You know, perseverance, faithfulness. Maybe God is trying to build something in your life. Steadfastness. He's trying to build character in your life. Maybe it's a season where, where, where there's something in your life that God is wanting you to deal with. Maybe there is something in your life that is blocking what God wants you to do in your life, that you need to hand over to Him, that you need to set, submit to Him. And any one of those things is a possibility, and it could be true. It could be what is, is needing to happen in that moment. Or it could be, it's entirely possible that it's just not God's Kairos time for your life yet. Perhaps it wasn't God's time for Joseph yet. See, if we believe in a sovereign God, we have to also believe that sometimes there may not be a reason except that God's timing has not yet come, the opportune moment for our lives. Isaiah 55.8, God says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, we're sitting here where we are and we're wondering why the dream hasn't come to pass yet. And yet we have a God with 7 billion or 8 billion persons on this world where God is weaving a story over 7 billion, 8 billion lives. And we're sitting here, what's going on with my life? We don't understand that maybe, just maybe God is weaving something through someone else's life at this moment because maybe it's not all about us. There's something that God is wanting to do and we know nothing about. It's a bit like when you're a parent and you instruct your children to do certain things and they ask the question why and they don't understand. But there's a good reason why we do things like we do. Uh, I was speaking to someone earlier, and, and this is not in my notes, but my son Roman, who is six, every night we tell him to have a shower, and then it's time for bed, and he's, he's, his mind is blowing. Like, he can't understand it. Like, every night for the last six years we've told him that, and he's like, I don't understand this. And that's sometimes us. We're like, God, I don't understand this. I'm here waiting. I don't understand what I'm going through, but God, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than ours. See, it might feel like nothing is happening, but God is working in the background, moving the pieces into position to bring about a change for his glory. So can I remind us, God's dream is not to bring glory to us, it's to bring glory to himself, that the name of Jesus would be lifted up across this earth. God's sense of timing will always confound ours. His grace really operates according to our schedule, Timothy Keller. So number one, God's timing might not be about you. Number two, God's timing can appear to be fast, but it rarely is. The keys could come. Timing can appear to be fast, but it really is. Ever looked at someone and without knowing the story of their life, what they've been through, uh, how hard they've worked or what they've happened in life, think that their God dreams have come to them easy? Like looked at someone and said, oh man, their life has been so easy. They've, they've had it so good. It's okay for you because, I don't know, you got lucky. Uh, you know, you were born into the right family or, I don't know, you've got the right looks or you had the right brain and everything has gone your way. You, you blew up overnight and you, everyone knows who you are and things are just coming so, going so well for you. Your dreams are coming true overnight. Well, my experience has been, and let me just say, I, don't, I haven't blown up, but let me just say this. My experience has been is that there's no overnight successes. 
There's no overnight successes. Consider Joseph uh, in, in verse 41, uh, sorry, chapter 41, 1 to 4, then 8 to 12. It says, when full, two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile. When out of the river there came seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed upon the reeds. After them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up from the Nile and stood beside those on the riverbank. And the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek, fat cows. Then Joseph woke up. Then Pharaoh woke up. In the morning, skipping forward a little bit because he had another dream, but in the morning, his mind was troubled, so he sent for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief cupbearer, he suddenly has a moment. He remembers, the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I'm reminded of my shortcomings. You were once angry with your servants. You imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. And each of us had a dream the same night. And each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. He told, we told him our dreams and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream. And then it goes on and then it says, So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. If you don't know Joseph's story, you can think that things are happening quick for this young man. Like if you were one of the other members of the court who were standing in, in, in the courtroom of Pharaoh and you didn't know Joseph's story, you might be sitting there thinking, who's this guy? Who's this young person who's just come along? Like he's just come out of nowhere. Now he's talking to Pharaoh like I've been working so hard for so many years, you know, chipping away at all those stone tablets and, you know, keep, keeping reports and handing in my TPS reports and doing all those things. And, and, and I've been, uh, can I say this, I've been kissing all the right butt and, 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 and I've never, ever had a church to speak to Pharaoh. Who's this Joseph guy? Just rocks up, looks like they're best buddies now. Have you ever experienced that in the workplace? Or somewhere else, you're like, oh man, how come everything is happening for them? It's not happening for me. They might have thought that. See, it appears that Joseph has risen quickly from the prison to the palace, but the opposite is true. And the opposite is true for those people around us who we think have had their dreams come easily. See, we all face challenges to our dreams, to the God dreams. We spoke about that, I think, in week two. There's challenges that will challenge the God dream in our lives. And in what may look fast on the outside was, in fact, a slow, frustrating journey that happened. And that's why more and more these days, I try not to compare my life to other people's lives around me. And look, can I just say, I give God praise that, I, that I've been really blessed in my life. But, but, but I also, you know, if I look around at people around me, I try not to compare my life to their lives because I don't know the unique circumstances, situations, upbringing, opportunities, hard work, blood, sweat and tears that, that has happened in their life, the setbacks that they've faced, where they've been. All I know is what I'm going through. And how God has been working in me to see His plan in fruition in my life. Philippians 1, 6, it says, I am now certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Let me encourage someone here this morning. Let me encourage someone on the live stream today. God is faithful to complete the good work within you. And if he's going to complete it, it means he started it. It means you're in the race. 
that the moment you invited Jesus into your life, God started a work in your life. The transforming power of the Holy Spirit, the new creation life that you've given, and He will complete the work in your life. See, transformation, sanctification, and the fruition of the God dream, God will complete it, but in His Kairos time, not our Kronos time. In God's right moment, in His opportune time, He will complete it. Galatians 6, 9, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Can I say to someone this morning, do not give up if you're running a small business or you're running a business and it seems like the business down the road is always busy. There's always people walking in there and you're wondering what is going on with my business, God? How come this is not happening? Can I encourage someone today, maybe in your marriage, you're looking at other people's marriages and say their marriage is stronger than mine. Can I encourage you this morning? God hasn't finished yet with your marriage today. Can I can I encourage someone here today? Maybe you're estranged from your child or maybe... Maybe you've got older children and they're not following Jesus. And you're like, why, God? Can I encourage you today? God is faithful. He is good. Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in praising God. Don't grow weary in lifting up His name. In God's moment, in His Kairos time, you will reap a harvest. And the story of Joseph from this moment, it goes, you know, his story has been bad, worse, and even even worsest, <laughs> that's not a word, but then it goes from, you know, good to better to, to best to great. And his life, his life starts to, to go up from there. And he's honored by Pharaoh. He gets put in second in command, becomes a governor of Egypt. And, and, and he starts to put food aside, directed by the Holy Spirit, directed by the wisdom of God. He starts to put food aside to prepare for the famine that is coming, which is the dream that Pharaoh had about the, about the, the, the cows. And he starts to prepare for that. And then his family ends up coming down to Egypt because there's famine throughout all the nations and they come down and he feeds them. And the moment, the dream that he had when he was a younger man, the dream where the family bows down to him, they, they end up bowing down to him. The, the dream came true, but there is a different context to Joseph when he, when, he has the, when he had that dream when he was a younger man and there's some, been some maturity from the setbacks of life and now he's a, an older person and, and, and they bow down to him and it means something totally different to him in that moment with, with understanding God's timing in his life and, and they're bowing before him and he saves many lives and, and, and he says this in Genesis 50 verse 18 and Jacob, his father, has passed away and, and, and it says this, his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him because they were afraid. They're like, Dad's dead now. And we're worried about what Joseph is going to do to us because of what we did to him. They treated him very poorly. They sold him to, sla- to, um, to slave owners. And they're worried now what's going to happen. They said, they came and threw themselves before him. He said, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. See, when Joseph, yeah, come on, amen, the saving of many lives. See, when Joseph was younger, the dream, the dream was about his family bowing down to him. The dream was about respect. The dream was about authority. The dream was about being in a position of power over people. But now the dream was about saving many people's lives. The dream was about how God used him and enabled him not just to save his own family, but to save tens, hundreds of thousands, maybe, I don't know, maybe millions of people's lives. That was the bigger dream that God had for Joseph's life. See, the God dream happened 
just not as fast as Joseph hoping, but it ended up not being about him, but about many, many, many people that God chose to save from the famine. See, God's timing may not be about you. God's timing may appear to be fast, but it rarely is. And today, as I bring this message to a close, uh, and this series to a close, I, I want us to consider another person in the Bible who, 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 his name was King David. And you look at a person like King David, and he's probably one of the most famous Old Testament kings, uh, Israelite kings, and he's probably one of the most successful. And he was a man after God's own heart. And he had a brilliant military mind and he was a, a man who loved God with all of his heart. He was an inspirational leader to his men and he had his 30 uh, uh, mighty men that he had with him. And, and the God dream for him, for his life was to go from the pasture to the palace. But we see that that, that there took a, took a period of time. It took longer than he thought to get to, get to the palace and to be king and to rule over millions. And for 40, for 40 years, he ruled as king. And it's impressive. It's an impressive story. But you know, if we're talking about how sometimes the dream is so much bigger than what we might realize, you know, King David, he rules Israel for 40 years and he does what he does. But maybe, just maybe, that wasn't just only the God dream for his life. See, King David wasn't just a king. He was also a psalmist. He was also a musician. And, 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 and the book of Psalms, a lot of those Psalms in there are his songs, his, his, his poems. Where he, where in moments of despair, in moments of joy, where he's crying out to God, where he's, where he's worshiping God, he's praising Him. And those Psalms, they've inspired billions of people over the last two, three, four, five thousand years, however long it's been since King David was on this earth. And perhaps his greatest legacy wasn't the, to be the king in his lifetime. Perhaps his legacy was for this. Now, I'm not, now don't, let's not base the theology around this and, you know, we're suddenly gonna, this is going to be our whole bent as a church. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying perhaps there's a greater picture that God has for us. And so today, I don't know what your God dream is. I don't know where you're on your, your journey. Maybe you're starting out. You believe you've got a God dream. You're like Joseph. You're starting out. You've got this dream. And you're ready for it to play out. You're ready for it to begin. You're ready, you're ready to go on this journey. Or maybe you've got a dream from God, but it's not but, but it's, maybe you've got a dream rather, but it's not really God's dream for your life. Maybe God's, God's dream is over here and you're trying to pull God towards your dream. But God's going, hey, come on, focus back here. This is my dream for your life. You need to rely on Maybe your dream is being challenged right now. You're facing opposition and, and you can't seem to break through. Could be that it seems that your God dream is delayed. It's on hold. It's paused. You're in the waiting season. Or maybe perhaps you think, Kronos time means it should have happened by now, but God's saying, hey, my Kairos time, my Kairos time, in the right opportune moment, that's when it's going to happen. Or maybe you've dropped your dream altogether. This series is about picking up our God dream again. Maybe you've let the dream go. Maybe it's been too hard. Maybe it's been, maybe it's been too difficult. Maybe you've let your eyes drop and you've let the dream go. Today, today come on, it's time to dream again. God's calling you this moment. And, and, and what I want to do is I'm going to open up the front at this moment. I want to invite anyone here this morning, who over the course of these four weeks of this series, Future, maybe you've felt God speaking to your, to your heart. Maybe you've felt, felt God speaking to you about the God dream, about your vision. You want you to, and I want you to come forward for prayer. And the team is going to come up and they're going to lead us and sing that song, Fresh Wind. And, and if you want to do that, you can do that. But right now, before we do that, I just want to give an invitation this morning. If there's anyone in this place here this morning, all eyes closed, every head bowed.